All right, everybody, and welcome to the EM Over Easy podcast. Uh, Drew and Andy here in sunny San Diego with a great guest. It's not really sunny right now, by the way. It, it's true. It's kind of overcast, but overcast. it's it's better than home base, which is intermittent snowing and you know blustery true winds of that. April. <laughs> we are here with a great um, guest, Tarlin. Hediety. <laughs> I was going to say it right, but I wanted to. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a little bit of a banter. Right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, here at ACOAP, and just really want to kind of sit down and talk with you about kind of just you in general, and we'll get a little, get a little deep dive I'm later. I'm so flattered. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but you're, you're a pretty dynamic person. You know, you do Hippo EM, you do Essentials, you do Mitchtopia, you do, you're on the speaker circuit for ASAP and ACOAP. And how, you know, you're also super busy because you're a mom and you got a 10 year old, so I, mm-hmm. I get where you're coming out with that. So. <laughs> How? I feel overwhelmed just hearing all that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like your seat, and that's just your personal app. Yeah, exactly. Even me. Yeah, that's right. Um, but a, as you do all this, like, how did you, what made you want to do all that? Because it's, you're busy. And yeah. You, and it's, like us, and you're a glutton for punishment because yeah. you do it because you love it. Yeah. But what made you want to get involved with all that? Um, so for me, I've always been interested in academics um, and being a part of this whole uh, educational you know, path has been a goal, a dream. It's a pleasure. And so the things that you really enjoy and that you, you know, prioritize and feel are important, you're going to make time for. And so, you know, getting out here and and doing these talks and meeting people and learning from people, um, does it take away from other things? It does. Um, it takes away from Netflix. That's for sure. Um, Less binge watching. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it takes away from like working out. Um, I do try to prioritize kind of home life um, in as much as I can. Um, and I'm fortunate in that I have a great support system. And so there's always people around to um, kind of pick up the slack if I need to be gone for a day or two. I try to minimize my travel. So I'm only gone. I'm only here for a night um, and I'll go back so that I'm not missed too much Um, and then I still have to squeeze all my shifts in as well right so it's like family um, shifts and then um, all the educational endeavors so just prioritize just imagine we didn't have to work shifts how much easier this whole thing would be right I have been thinking about that I may need to have a conversation with my chairman (laughs) I want you to work I want to work none yeah but I have a change in my pay exactly exactly I'd even consider a small pay cut so I didn't have to work clinically. Is that mm. possible? Can mm. we facilitate that? Mm. Yeah. No, I mean I would want the same pay. I would <laughs> okay, just okay. and I don't need Tarlin's to. Work, like, I don't no, want to work no. not at all. But yeah. I'd like to. I'd love to work a little less. Yeah. A little less would be nice. <laughs> yeah. So doing all that, what's what's your key to balance? How do you how do you stay sane? <laughs> uh, I don't know that I am sane. Um, ooh, you know I have people that keep me grounded, um, so that that really helps. Um, you know, I go home and I still, I have to be mom. I have to, I, I get to work. I'm still Dr. Hedidi. I'm still in the trenches and I have my coworkers and my residents and everybody that, you know, I have to, um, work with. And so that it's all very real. Um, and then if I start to feel a little stressed out, if I'm starting to get a little burnt out, um, I'm pretty good at identifying that, those feelings and, um, taking, time and stepping away. I'm very good at that. So it's just, it's just a matter of identifying your own triggers, identifying cues, um, recognizing, um, those cues and then doing the right thing. I think that's where a lot of people, um, struggle is if you're either unable, um, to understand those cues or then act on them, um, and take time out for yourself. Do you have someone extra in your life that can pick up on those cues externally and sometimes say, Hey, Charlie, you're, we're, 
we're, we're hitting that limit. I don't know if you've noticed it yet or not. Yeah. I mean, my daughter is the best person. Sure. She, I mean, Kids she are a great limit She test. will call yeah. me out 100%. Yeah. You know, if I start to get cranky, she'll be like, Mom, you're getting cranky. You know, she's like, you're, you're starting to pick on me. I don't, are you hungry? Is that what it is? And I'm like, no, I'm not hungry. She knows she's your like, triggers. Yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah. Do you have homework due? Is that what it is? Is like your homework past due? And I'm like, no, I think I'm caught up with my homework. She's like, okay, well, you know, Figure it out. That's that, it's okay. great when you have yeah. a 10-year-old that yeah. has your yeah. checklist, right? Oh, Hold absolutely. on, mom. Let me yeah. get out the checklist and see. Is it hanger? No, no. no. You test your blood sugar. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. Your homework's up to date. Okay, so what's next? Yeah. Did you pay the credit card bills? Have you paid the mortgage? Is that right? So, yeah, she's good at that. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And so you talk about your 10-year-old, and not that we don't want to talk much about our kids, but um, <laughs> we can talk about kids. We all have kids. So, I have a uh, five-year-old jerk and a beautiful nine-month-old. Oh, Teddy, I heard it here first. Yeah. Your dad thinks you're a jerk. <laughs> Um, so when you find that, when you talk about our kids, I find that kids are the best litmus test really because they don't have any, they don't come in with drama. They don't mm-hmm. come in with anxiety. They don't come in with baggage. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're doing to your house. Um, so with your kids, dude. <laughs> but, but, but I like, like Tarlin, I really find that my kids are a great litmus test for when, you know, Hey daddy, do you have a bad day at work? Yeah. You know, Hey, and they're, they're also really good at like knowing when I need a hug just mir- miraculously. Yeah. Like, yeah. You look like you need a hug. And I'm like, you know what? I need a hug. Yeah. Um, and so how, how have you, you know, you're, you're a single mom. So mm-hmm. how have you kind of bundled that in with how you deal with everything else? Like, is your, is your home really like a sanctuary from everywhere else or is it truly oh, kind God, of a, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> there's equal amounts of chaos at work okay. and, and, and at home, but you know, it's like different chaos, right? Yeah. Um, and some of it is just your perspective. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it's making sure that I don't start looking at stuff that's going on at home as just something else I need to do or okay. another thing on my checklist. And I think I've, I've had that thought process before mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh my God, I've got to do this thing. I've got, I've got to make lunch. I got to go get groceries. You know, oh God, it's, you know, I got to take cupcakes into school. I don't have time for this, you know, and, and why is there a school play? And, yeah. um, so it gets, you know, like, and, and I think you just sort of have to, um, frame things differently. Um, and that was something I learned. Um, I don't know, probably when my, when my daughter was born is that, is that these are not things that I need to just get through. Um, and, and the stuff that's happening at home particularly is not just another, another to do. Um, and if I continue thinking that way, then my entire life will pass me by and it will have been just a series of things I needed to get through. And then it'll be like, Oh, crap it's over right, you know you're, you're and all i did was get step. through it yeah all right. i did was just survive um and so it's a just a shift in in the thought process of no this is the stuff that actually I, i'm happy doing and it brings me joy i like writing little notes and throwing it in the lunchbox you know and it's totally lame and my daughter keeps like saying like don't write me these lame notes it's, it's embarrassing, embarrassing to open them in front of my friends yeah stop writing putting hearts all over this like red paper <laughs> and sending it to school and i'm like you know it makes me happy, so you will suffer <laughs> with it. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's rethinking and reframing those parts of your life that have the potential to bring you so much joy. You talk a little bit about chaos. You are faculty at Cook County, mm-hmm. which, growing up in Chicago, you know, and, and being medically minded, this is kind of like the Mecca watching ER growing up, which That's is right. really what ER was based on. Everybody except, looks like George Clooney. Except they 100%. tried to pretend it was Northwestern. When it, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> what's it like being in a county level one facility that is got to be pure chaos? Um, 
I don't know anything different. I'll be honest with you. I trained at a county hospital. And then when I left LA County and I came to Cook County, it was just a very smooth and easy transition. Um, so I can't say that I would speak from experience as to differences with other places. Um, for me, I genuinely believe in the mission sure. the, and, and being able to care for anyone at any time, regardless of socioeconomic, racial, religious factors. Um, and so that is, that's a privilege. Um, I think also when you're in a public hospital, not that there's fewer people watching, but I feel like we don't, we don't get as much feedback in terms of, um, this is what this cost. You ordered this many CTs. You admitted this many patients that didn't need to be admitted. You, and I don't, I don't get that. Sure. So to a certain degree, we kind of get to do your own thing. Do and, and feel like you're doing the right thing. I don't know. Not that anybody else is doing the wrong thing, but you know, like if, if I have a patient who's undomiciled and I'm diagnosing cancer for the first time in the emergency department and they're stable, could they go home and get follow-up? They probably could, but like if they're undomiciled, how are we going to get a hold of them right. to bring them back, to get a biopsy, to send them to Sir Junk? And so if the right thing for that particular patient is to admit them, then I'm going to do that. Um, and so I think sometimes with the, with the public hospitals, there's less... Um, criticism of that um yeah having the ability to practice the type of medicine that you want to practice and do what's right is, is, is lovely special, yeah again right? without somebody bearing over your shoulder going yeah. you know how much that's going to cost us right yeah yeah so it's and i don't i can't say that that will probably that probably won't last forever sure. um but for now it's it's lovely um and i have you know we have residents we have medical students so it's always busy it's always fun there's a lot of camaraderie. Um, so it's, it's fun to show up to work, right? Like you get to hang out with your friends for eight hours. Absolutely. Um, and that, and, and, and take care of some people in the meantime. So that makes it great. It's the best part um, of emergency medicine, yeah, I think. Totally. I mean, there's some truly tragic stories. Absolutely. Um, and, and very, very sort of sad situations that come through the emergency department, particularly when you're at a trauma center. Um, but, uh, but overall, I would say it's, it's a great place to be. So in your answer so far, there's been a couple themes I've picked up. One, it's doing the right thing instead of the easy thing, which you talked about benefit mm -hmm. of working in a county hospital. And then two, changing perspectives to really buy into things that you should love and have a good time doing. And so how do you project that to when you're, you're an APD, you know, you have an associate program director. So you, how do you project that to your faculty and to your residents and encourage them to have that kind of be parts of their lives? I don't know that I actively do it. Um, it's probably something that's more just, um, live it and maybe someone sees it and models themselves um, after that. You know, Amal does the, uh, he does a, a talk um, where he says, you know, be the Tigger, don't be the Eeyore of your department, you know, be the happy person, be the optimistic person, be the person who's got the positive outlook, don't be the Debbie Downer. Um, and I think if you walk around and you're always pointing out the negatives and all you see are the negatives, then that's you know, what, how other people are going to perceive you as well. Um, and that's, that's just depressing. Um, so I think if you can find the positive, find the, you know, the good, um, recognize the value in what you do. I think that gets hard in medicine sometimes, sure. you know, you're, you're showing up and, um, it's a busy day and you, you work hard and then you have like 
a chameleon charts that you have to finish, right? A and you're not That's being, a new one. A chameleon. <laughs> a chameleon. You're not being, you know, reimbursed for that time for sure, right? Um, and so I think those those are all frustrations, um, and we all share that. Our our um, trainees um, our, our have that has as well. This letter at the bottom of the screen with numbers of things I have to do and oh, watching God. throughout an eight-hour shift. Oh. And it's like, you know, every time a resident puts a procedure in, signs an EKG themselves, it just goes up. that yeah. number just goes up. And then forget oh, about all the man. actual charts I have to document yeah. on myself. Yeah. And, you know, so you start off with inbox zero at yeah. the beginning of every shift because I refuse to take it home. And then by the end of each shift, I'm in like the 200s. So like, oh, it's gosh. insane. It's insane. So I think it's easy to feel the weight of all those tasks and get bogged down with those numbers. Um, and it, you know, it's just tackle it and do the best you can. That's all we're, yeah, but you nailed it, which do. is you, you just do you right. Be who you are, be the positive person you are. And you set that example. And I yeah. think that's the best way to show learners, our residents, our, our students, even our co-faculty, wherever we're working, here's, yeah. here's how you can, try to emulate some of this, right? Yeah. I, I, we don't all have it figured out, but right. but we're trying. And the nurses, the text, the ED responds to you if you're a positive person. Absolutely. And other people sense that. They go, how can I How can I get that response out of people? Yeah. yeah. And when that charge nurse or the unit clerk that's been there for 20 years comes up to you and says, thanks so much. It was a rough day, but man, you were smiling. You were pleasant. I really like working with you. Huge, right? That's your day, right? Yeah. Nothing right else there. matters. Yeah. Boom, you Absolutely. nailed it. Absolutely. And to have someone else overhear that, mm-hmm. particularly a learner, is, yeah. is a great impact. I think, you know, the sort of the first time I recognized how your, um, your energy can affect other people was I was actually a patient in the hospital and there was a nurse that came in and she was clearly having a bad day, like so obviously having a bad day. And I had had a spinal, um, anesthetic. So I was basically paralyzed from the waist down. Um, and I was like so sick. I was so sick. And she, uh, she came in and she was in a foul mood in a foul mood and i just remember going like wow this is horrible i feel like poop yeah and and you're coming in and you clearly feel like poop too but like right now i'm a patient and i don't want any of this near me right now and please i didn't don't know touch how my to even, please yeah, don't give me medicine how do you yeah. politely ask like can i get a different um provider provider Someone's this happy. is like yeah. it's so hard and that and i and i realized that and and that always comes back to me when i you know you everybody has bad days and we go to work sure. and maybe you just got into a fight with your spouse or your kids did something that you have to deal with or whatever and and you can't take that in with you cuz like your patients don't deserve that right like right. they didn't do anything wrong um and so sometimes you just have to check that and put it aside. And, and I always remember that. Or I was like, I never want to be that person where I go in and take it out on, on the patient. Um, oh, that was horrible. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's almost like, you know, start, it, truly starting your shift with inbox zero in yeah, a way. Like inbox you, you, zero. No matter what happened before you came into work. I like that. I got to be, yeah. I got to be inbox, inbox zero. Inbox zero. Yeah. You got to control, alt, delete it every time. Boom. Even if, even if it's important to respond to, get, get, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Yeah. And, and I kind of like the inbox zero because it's reciprocal because when you go home, as I found that you can't take whatever happened at work at yeah. home. Um, yeah. Because we talked about kids and our kids yes. are our check. Yes. And that's to me, that's the check like, okay, yeah. I brought it home today. Yeah. You can't take that home at gotta, all. Got to shed it, it before yeah. I hit the door. Got to take, yeah. you know, take the shower of yep. my emotions. Yeah. Um, and I think that's inbox zero. Inbox zero. Inbox zero. That's my new phrase. Yeah. Inbox I got zero. It. It. I like it. Charlie, it's about to get really noisy here on yes. break time. Yeah, yeah. Here at uh, ACOEP. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for this having me. Thanks Hopefully for having me. I'm super honored. Yeah, I'd love to. Cool stuff. All right. Cool. Thanks, everyone, Thanks. for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. 
Well, there you have it, folks. Our sit down with Tarlin Hadiety. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, guys. Thanks so much.